This week on The Xander Effect, I stopped by to check out the performance of the new metal band Dirty Machine and have a sit-down with them at the world-famous Whiskey-A-Go-Go Hollywood. I also showcased their music video, BBFB. Also on the show, up-and-coming hip-hop sensation A.B. talks about her inspirations, how she got into hip-hop, and her upcoming tour. I also showcase her new song, One Day. And another music video I have the opportunity to showcase is Amanda Holly's new song, Runaway. All this, plus this week in entertainment, sports, and video games starts right now. Live it up! Talking not that up a maestro More like that lizard from Geico When I lick, 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 you go psycho Downtown, I'm more famous than Michael My game, I gave it to Tyco Gene Simmons of my time Whoa, got my control, damn control Up to your spine and back down to your toes Melt you little mama like pie and Hi, everyone, and welcome to the brand new uh, first episode of 2020. This is the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. In entertainment news, Crisis on Infinite Earth has been averted. Yes, all the characters uh, from Crisis finally had their uh, conclusion episode uh, last week with unfortunately having uh, Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell, uh, Stephen Amell's character uh, die in uh, the, the final episode of, uh, well actually the, set, the, the one before the final episode of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth before the conclusion. And after that happened, it seems like uh, the, the the Paragons, I don't know if you know this, but the, the Paragons that were involved in saving uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, basically they all saved, you know, they all saved their Earths and all the other Earths that are around it, but they changed their own, however. Pretty much it seems that now, <laughs> I was always wondering this from the very beginning, because a lot of what happened happened on on arrow and the flash is very different from the comic books uh version of their characters of the flash and all them so it was very interesting for me to see how they were able to finally combine their earths together because in the comic books they were all a part of one earth they weren't part of multiple multi multiverses so it was really cool how how dc decided to go ahead and combine all of these all of these uh multiverses together to form one in essence because there's still other multiverses that still exist because the Titans, they still have their multiverse. Uh, the Doom Patrol, they have their multiverse. And now brand, the brand new television series Stargirl, she has her own multiverse as well. But 
the majority of the 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 main uh characters which is which is uh black lightning supergirl flash uh arrow all all of them are actually and uh, dc's legends of tomorrow they're all on one earth now uh, they changed everything they changed all of it they combined their multi or multiverses together now so that's pretty cool because that means that it's going to be easier to make uh crossovers as far as you know supergirl and the flash and uh, Black Lightning and and all these other characters, it's going to be easier to combine them because they're just going to go ahead and Flash could just run over to uh, to uh, Supergirl City and vice versa. So it's going to be pretty cool. Another uh, the, uh, the, there was a couple of premiere episodes this week, which had uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. They had their premiere this week. Black Lightning, Bat Batgirl, all of all of them have their premiere. But one of them that was still uh, set to premiere, and I don't I don't know if this is a premiere per se or if this is just a kind of a teaser to next season was arrow and the canaries now this was really cool to watch this it was really really awesome to watch this uh this episode because it dealt with Oliver Queen's daughter taking over his mantle in the year 2040, 20 years after Crisis happened. Now, smaller alert here, uh, a lot of things happened in this episode where basically, you know, uh, I don't know if Laurel Lance's character, uh, Black Canary or Black Siren, as you might call it, because she's from the different uh, universe, uh, has either traveled through time or waited 20 years to finally meet up and remind because the thing is that like besides the paragons besides the heroes that saved uh the the infinite earths uh, no one else remembers what happened. No one else has any recollection. The only one that was able to help them remember was uh, John Jones, which is the Martian Manhunter, Green Martian. He was the only one that was able to remind everybody by, t- by touching their foreheads and making them recollect everything that happened during Crisis. That's the reason why all the characters in the year 2020 were able to remember everything that happened, including Oliver Queen's death. So what ended up happening is that uh, Black Canary, Laurel Lynch, she went she went to 2040 again don't know if she time traveled or what it wasn't really specific and she met up with Dinah Lance or Dinah or Dinah the other the other black canary um to try to team up to get to uh, Oliver Queen's daughter to remind her of what happened and because everything had changed in these multiverse she Oliver Queen's daughter had something completely di- a different life altogether like she was able to go to college she was living in the queen mansion she had everything including the love of her life that was in her other life was the bad guy is now the love of her life it's crazy it's it's all mixed up it's all over the place but it was really cool how they integrated that and the way Laurel was able to remember have her have her remember who she is was by I guess um, Cisco did some sort of like uh, tech for John Jones's powers of recollection and put it in a ring and gave it to, to gave it to Laurel so that way she could remind her uh, uh, Oliver Queen's daughter of who she is and what is she here to do. She did, and the episode was amazing. So I'm assuming what they're doing is that they're actually going to go ahead and somehow make it seem as uh, there there this is just kind of like a like a, i guess a preview episode of what's to come in next season with the, the green arrow and the canaries so that's going to be pretty cool to watch because i'm already kind of interested in to see what happens next next week's episode has to do with oliver queen's final goodbye final farewell Excited about that. Excited about uh, what DC's got going on for everything, uh, you know, for for the CW and everything else, HBO and everything else. 
Looking forward to it immensely. So... Aside from that, I had a great opportunity uh, uh, to interview an awesome band that is revolutionizing new metal music. The band's name is Dirty Machine, and they have incredible music. If you don't believe me, check out their music video, BBFB. Then I'm fucking these bitches, I'll make you proud Slap the hoes that turn me down I did not come back this time to fuck around Fucking all that shit I know You're never gonna make it, kid, let it go Think what could've been Think what could've been When all the pain gets home I'll make it all my own And shut you out again Shut you out again Play dumb, now me too Think I forgot
What's up, everyone? I'm Xander Dames for the Xander Effect, and I'm here with uh, the band Dirty Machine. These guys are the next big big thing. Let me tell you, we're here at the legendary Whiskey A Go Go, and man, guys, this is gonna be a hot night tonight, right? Yes, it is. I mean, what's going on? Like, what's what's going on for tonight? I mean, we're with our homies, still not dead, and from zero to hero, and I mean. That's the whiskey of go-go, baby. Well, that's dude, and that's that's like legendary bands have been here, and they've gone to do huge things. You know, since whiskey of go-go has been around for God knows how long. Generational but, bands. Gen- I mean, the, the Doors. You know, it. Ozzy. Everybody. Yep. So. All the way. Now, before we get to the past, let's go a little bit. You know into not so far back as to how this whole band got together to begin with. I mean, I know that you guys are the three originals. These two gentlemen right here, they're the brand new ones. Yeah. You're the lead singer. Yeah. You know, we have Nightmare on the on the drums. We have DJ DJ Ikuza, right? I knew that. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> we have you on the turntables, yeah. but now we have these two uh, gentlemen. Who are, who are you let, guys? Let them introduce themselves. What's up? My name is Kevin. Play guitar. Nice. My name is Mark. I'm the bass player from awesome. New Zealand. Oh, from New Zealand. Wow, you came a long way just to be in this band. <laughs> just to be in this band. That's freaking awesome. That you rock for that. Hired gun. So how did you guys all get together? Oh my god, that is a that's a documentary. Um I'll make it quick. It was twenty December of two thousand twelve. I was jobless and I was on Craigslist looking for a job and I went to the musician section, found a band called Dirty Machine. Uh, with the original bass player, Mickey Graves, who we love very much. And uh, it said they were looking for a singer in the lines of Slipknot and Limp Biscuit, <laughs> And the rest is history. Wow. And uh, fast forward to when I met DJ Akusa and Mike Weekly. I mean, Mike, I mean, how do you sum that up? I mean, I'm going to let you make it at 30. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even know. Uh, okay, so, I mean, I was working at a pizza place in uh, Hollywood called Lucifer's Pizza. <laughs> And, uh, Were you wearing the mask too at the time, or <laughs> it inspired the mask? <laughs> or is that where the mask was born? Yeah. Was that Lucifer's Pizza? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna add some horns to it. But uh, you know, I worked with a guy who was jamming with Dirty Machine as they were like kind of re- reconstructing, you know, the lineup. And and he had told me he was like, "Hey, man, like you might love this group." And he showed me one of the tracks, you know, uh, self-made. self-made Hero, which is my favorite. You know, one of my favorite songs that we play, and I actually had I learned that and auditioned on that song, and yeah, man, I walk into this loving situation where these guys are just really humble, uh, they're serious about what they want, and this dude like took in my entire hometown, <laughs> like through social media. Uh, as friends, yeah. So he wouldn't quit on me. I added every single Facebook friend he had. <laughs> so he woke, after our first jam together, we had 600 mutual friends on Facebook. <laughs> and they're like, "What the? Who the fuck is David Lee? You're, you're screwed for life. You're like with him completely for life." Akusa, no how did you? I mean, tell him how you found us, man. That's, I, I love this one. Uh, yeah. So. um so I was actually a fan of the band before any thought of me even joining was even a thing. Uh, I seen them uh, open up for OTEP here at the Whiskey uh, back in 2013. Wow. Um, and instantly I was a fan because I was like, that music is what I like. You know, there's there's all this other kind of uh, genres of, of uh, rock and metal, but this is the genre, you know, and... Um, and then I just kept an eye on them, you know, and I've been a fan ever since and followed. Um, 
And then fast forward a couple years, um, I got my some of my DJ equipment uh, brand new, so I was excited. So the first thing I did was like, oh, cool, I'm going to scratch to my favorite song, same as Nightmare, self-made. So um, I just did a quick little, you know, BS video, thought nothing of it. I was like, you know what, I'm going to post this on Dirty Machine's Facebook page. So it was just me scratching to that song. And next thing you know, I got uh, good old Dave here. Uh, he hit me up. Uh, and and if anybody knows Dave, this guy, you don't say no to this guy. Like, <laughs> like he's gonna get his way one way or another, you know. So um, so he didn't go as far uh with me that he did uh, to Mike, but he did reach out to my wife, and uh, <laughs> and he's like, hey, tell your husband to call me. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, and of course. <laughs> When the wife tells you to do something, yeah. you're going to do it. So you have no choice on that one. <laughs> he knew how to get around it. So, yeah, I mean, he was hitting me up, and I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I just got married, and, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to be in a band or anything, but I was I was flattered because I was like, holy shit, I love this band, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and of course, like, you know, Dave's present on stage, it, it, it's just, you know, he, he, he calls you in there, and then you're, you're, you're trapped, and... You know, and then he was reaching out to me. I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. And, yeah, then, um, you know, I had a pretty uh, inspiring dream. I won't get too much into that, but it was basically a message to, like, hey, get in there with these guys. This is something special. So, uh, you know, so I you, 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 so you didn't So you didn't only just have uh, divine intervention. You had Dave intervention, I too. Sure so. <laughs> you had it either way. Just for the record, the the video he sent to us, was no BS. That was, I, I'm a, I grew up uh, in Michigan. That's home of Motown and a lot of hip hop underground. And I have never seen a uh, scratch DJ like so solid and committed and has the vibe and feel of a true musician in person. Like I saw with that, it, it was only like you know thirty seconds, and it just changed my whole perspective of. Uh, turntablists and DJs, man. So he's he's the he's the golden child for real. Wow, that's amazing. So real quick, I, these two guys, uh, Kevin, Mark, man, they're 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 local legends too. I mean, I've actually known Kevin longer than anyone here. Um, you know, I'll let you say your first the band how I met you, man. No, yeah, no. it's it's crazy. I uh, Dirty Machines first big show that we ever had at the House of Blues. It's not even wow. Like yeah, it, it was nuts, man. Like I, uh, uh, one of my best friends told me about him. He's like, dude, you gotta check out uh, this band Dirty Machines. And like this friend of mine, he doesn't talk like that about bands. So I was like, all right, and. Um, we had an opening, my old band, because we all played together for years, um, years on uh, House of Blues, and like me and Dave just hit it off like immediately. This and, is 2014. Yeah. Pre, wow. Pre yeah. Acoustic, yeah, it's crazy. And you know, um, it's always been a fan of the band. Just like a lot of the moves, uh, you know, that they made. we used to have our Goodfellas meetings, that you know, and talk about our bands. It was just always just a, an amazing vibe. And you know, um, actually, even before it came up, like a, like a month before. You know, I do you know industry stuff, and I show up at this audition, and Nightmare's sitting there, dude. <laughs> he comes, he comes oh, uh, walking through. Was, it, was it was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. So I was like, yo, yeah, yeah wow. like we had, we all, you know, just over the years had just such a, a like a high mutual respect for each other. It's really, really dope. And um, you know, Dave, you know, sent me a message, you know, and asked me, you know, what I was up to, and you know, said I love to do it. So I did the same thing. Um, you know, a little bit later, they had the the dirty ones 
So I, uh, you know, sat home. I was like, All right, I'm going to show these guys some serious. So I made them a little video, sent it over, and here I am. <laughs> wow. So, so, so we got like the majority. And how did this gentleman come? To pass here, this, all the way from New Zealand over man, here. How that happened? We because everybody's got. It seems like everybody's got a connection. I'm gonna hand him the mic in a sec, <laughs> but I just want to say that uh, since I've joined this band, we've never had a like a, a solid bass player. Like this guy is just the shit. He's uh, he's the sexiest guy on Craigslist for sure. I was like. <laughs> I was looking at bassist and the, he didn't catfish you at no. all. No. Okay, that's a good. It thing. looks like his picture. That's a good thing. All right. But the the bass section on Craigslist is a little dry, and he definitely uh, popped out at me. But uh, I'll let him tell his story, man. It's an amazing one. This is, well, for me, um, I think Dave. You reached out to me first, and um, I sort of was sort of in between bands at the time, and I was sort of there was a couple of bands I was sort of jamming with. But I sort of kept finding myself sort of going back to like the Dirty Machine songs. I'm like, oh fuck, I really like this song, and I kept learning it. And then, and then I think I just started hassling you like once a week. I'm like, let's <laughs> jam, let's jam. We were decimated at that point. Yeah. We, had met, we lost a lot of members. We were decimated at that point. We were kind of, it was just me, Mike, and Akusa. Yeah. And I didn't really have anything to tell them. And I was like, oh fuck. And then it just, it, you know, Kevin came in, and then it just, here we are, man. It, it came together quick. Quick. And then, then we started jamming the stuff, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of bands wouldn't be able to have a show like be show ready this quick. I mean, that's how pro these guys are. So we're gonna fuck it up tonight. Oh, that's awesome! In a good way. In a well, good that's way. A, that's always a good way. <laughs> Even if it's in a bad way, it's still a good way. So you know, yeah. one way or the other. So I gotta ask. This is something probably a lot of uh, Dirty Machine fans would like to know: is the deal with the masks? I mean, yeah. I, I gotta ask. You know. <laughs> DJ, I gotta go ahead and ask you first because you have the Mortal Kombat type yes, of mask going on. Yes, yes. I mean, how did you come up with that type of you know persona? Well, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, the Mortal Kombat series, uh, movies, everything Mortal Kombat. I love it. Um, mask on stage for me is um, more of a stage fright kind of thing. Um, even though it's just half my face, it still calms me down because um, when you're trying to put the needle on a record and your hands are fucking going like this, it's it's a pain in the ass, you know. So <laughs> I would so, imagine so, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it it gives me that much more of a comfort level, and um, I was like, okay, well, shit, why, you know, just you know, my my shout out to Mortal Kombat for being the sickest game uh, ever. Awesome. Yeah. And and Mike, I mean, I I really, man, you're you're pretty much a legend when it comes to the mask thing, you know. So I gotta know. How did you come up with not only not only your nickname Nightmare, but you also look like a nightmare too? I'm assuming that that went hand in hand. Yeah, um, you know, I've grown up uh, in a family that has dealt with addiction and uh, a lot of adversity, and you know, just me being, you know, the kind of person I I, I was as a kid. I was into everything, but I got picked on a lot. Uh, I got beat up a lot, and I became real insecure about being a part of the world but i knew what i loved so the only thing i had to survive on was the passion i had for the things i was involved in hockey music football and that was my saving grace but meanwhile there's this 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 tornado of emotion that i that i oftentimes just push off to the side and it's just kind of like a portrayal of you know what is still lurking there and the only way i can really face it 
is when I'm doing what I do with people I trust. So, and then it's very much similar to Ikusa where you find your security. It's my comfort blanket, you know, and, and then I'd say I can do what I do and be vulnerable. And at the same time, still kind of hide in plain sight. No, that's really cool, though. That's really awesome because there's a lot of people that use those types of ta- tactics when they're in front of a large crowd. You know, they especially like to wear, you know, uh, uh, sunglasses or something like that to go mm-hmm. ahead and yeah. hide themselves yeah. from the rest of the world, you mm-hmm. know, in order to feel comfortable enough to be on stage, especially exactly. when you're in front of, like, a bunch of people and stuff. So. You a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You you a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You 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 a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You a liar. Please don't talk a big game if you can't deliver. People like you never seem to give up The hope, the dream, the lie, the scheme Running off every vice that you see What's wrong? What's right? You can't take what's mine To the facts and the past And the bed that you made Just to comprehend yesterday I see the lines on the page Are filling in finally It never makes sense to me Never makes sense to me
I'm back here. It's Xander Effect. I'm back here with Dirty Machine. You guys rocked it tonight, man. Like every single last one of you, your performances never disappoint. I mean, at the end of the day, like everybody like was happy. They enjoyed it. They laughed. We had a couple of hecklers, whatever you want to call it. But you guys did an amazing job. But there is one member of your band that's missing. Where is he? That's uh, Mark. Yeah, I, I started my stand-up career tonight. <laughs> I don't know why the I don't know why the whiskey does that, but um, you know, it was a lot of it was a rough start, but we got through it. No, that's cool, man. One thing that I wanted to ask you guys, um, you know, you guys took a long hiatus for a very long time. Did that have anything to do with? the band changing like members leaving and then everybody coming back or did you guys even think that you guys would go ahead and perform again uh man every time someone leaves and in in this case three three people left at the same time it's all you got to go soul searching a little bit you know you got to question everything and at one point it was just me uh nightmare and akusa man and they're my brothers and they bounded with me, and I, I mean, I never thought DM would be over. I mean, DM's over when it—it's never going to be over. I just, and they, they, you know, so when they when those three guys left earlier in March, you know, we had to do a little bit of soul searching. I'm not going to lie, and um, we, you know, we bounded together and we came up with a plan, and then Kevin and Mark came along I, out of nowhere. I mean, it was just so the hiatus wasn't planned or intentional. It just kind of happened. Did you think that you would like be back here at the whiskey at all at this mm-hmm. point? Like that around this time last year, did you guys ever think that you guys would be back here performing live for the crowd that you were performing with? Uh, and I know, I know Dave has you know a lot to say. I'm sure as he would, would but uh, we've had a lot of you know talks about like, look. We're going to get through this. We're going to be doing, we're going to be playing. Like, we're not done. Like, we, it's like, it's like you just kind of make, you make a choice. You know, you're like, look, we're either going to let this go or we're going to pick it up and we're going to make shit happen. And never once, never once did we let the idea manifest that we're not going to play again. We never thought we would, we never once said that we weren't going to come back from this and bounce back. So, no, that never came up. We had times when we were like, what the what are, what are we fucking going to do? What are we going to do? Like, what's the next move? And we've bounced ideas, 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 and we just kept coming up with nothing. And then I, I actually think we decided, you know what? Let's just have the three of us just do this. Let's just be a three-man weird band because, you know, like, fuck, like, everyone's you doing that. was able to do it, you know? Well, so. I, I mean, and nowadays, that like, there are tons of acts like that. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. You so. know, 21 Pilots is doing what they're doing. It's like, well, shit, why couldn't we, you know, rap drum DJ? But we, we face facts, and, uh, and at the right time, you know, the universe spoke to us, like, loud and clear. So No, that's amazing. So, out of curiosity, how was the energy tonight? I mean, I saw it. I felt it. But you guys being there the entire time, how was that energy like tonight? Well, at least from my point of view, uh, since I'm kind of tucked away back there, uh, the energy was was hype. I mean, people have been waiting for us to hit the stage again. I mean, as you said, we were on a hiatus, kind of a forced hiatus. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you always got the people talking, 
And then, you, of course, you got the people that want you to fail. And for one point, I mean, that became crystal clear to see how many people actually wanted us to fail. Because um, when you take a step back and you look at the whole picture, and you can really, you can really see this, like, oh, damn. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that don't want you to see you succeed. Uh, so all the energy tonight was kind of just built up from, from the last time we were on stage to now. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the show came together. You know, we we were out there spreading the word, and then, you know, it just kept building and building, and um, it showed tonight. Everybody, everybody was on point. Everybody was loving it, um, and that's just from my point of view over there. But I know Mr. Nightmare probably has the the best POV. He's he's the highest, and he's centered in the back. So let's see what he got to say. Well, yeah, I have a pretty good perch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. I, 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 I'm looking at the crowd reaction, and then I got Dave's ass. So, <laughs> and, you know, but I'll tell you this. You can feel it, like, not to be cliche, but you can feel it in the air. Like, I, no, no matter what the sound was on stage, no matter what equipment was, was doing, we were hearing between every song, I could hear it, and I had my earplugs in, I... I I could hear the crowd always making noise for us. They, they were always cheering between songs. You hear the clapping. You see people putting their fists in the air. And even some people that are like, you could tell that, like, I don't want to give in to this. These guys ain't really that good. But you're standing two rows back, and you're, and you're smiling at the mosh pit happening behind you. So the, the energy was very huge, and that was undeniable. And it's consistent, very consistent with how we get down. I want to know what he saw because this was his first go around with us. Oh, this is so. This, this is your first time actually being on stage, you know, in front of a live audience for with Dirty Machine. Yeah, for number one, number one. Wow, so. you got your cherry pop tonight. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pop that, pop that cherry. Yeah, you better ask one of these guys to cuddle with you afterwards. You know. Yeah. <laughs> We had a lot of four. We 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 had a lot of foreplay earlier with with Mass. So oh, beautiful! That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. all good. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's it amazing, man. Like you know, just you know, I've uh, been a fan of the band for so long. So I've seen the other side. So it's just it just electric, like being on stage with with them. Um, and each one of these guys, they're so humble, man. Um, because even when we go through like rough spots, like what you know, they're very humble about how hard you know the the band works because we, everybody has put in so much time uh, just for this show, and that makes like the rough moments just like cruise. There's a blast, bro. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So one other other thing that I saw tonight was that you brought some kids onto the stage. I see that you guys work a lot with uh, with children. You guys like the you know a young. I mean, this is the the next next generation yeah. that's coming up right now. I mean, how is that like? I mean, we met those kids on tour with Insane Clown Posse, and um, man, we, that whole family adopted us. You know, it's they follow everything we do. They follow our normal lives, our our business lives, our industry lives. It's it's insane, and you know, they've been in the band long enough. Now we're we're watching those kids grow up. You know, and they they know our lyrics, and their mom's sending me videos of them running around the house singing our lyrics, and it, it's just. I mean that's the generation we want. I mean I really mean it when I when I say I don't I could give a fuck what anyone our age thinks of our band. I, I really don't care. Um, we want the kids. We want the next generation. Like we were influenced and because people our age are pretty much set in their ways. You know if they want a little new metal, they're going to go to their new metal people. And we want the kids, and we and we want we want to show the kids. And I think what this band you know embodies is that. 
different people from all over the world country can come together and make music you know you don't have to look a certain way you don't have to dress a certain way we we don't look like the industry standard metal band that's on these festivals right now and i think that's what the kids are gravitated gravitated to honestly no, and that's and that's fantastic because this generation, everybody needs somebody. We all grew up idolizing a band member, idolizing a band, you know, idolizing anybody. And at the end of the day, we all need somebody to idolize, to look look up to, and have that kind of influence. Mm-hmm. Because you want to go ahead and be like, oh wait, you know what? I became a I became a drummer because I saw Nightmare up there. I became I became a, 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 a DJ because DJ Kuza. I became etc. You know, like. Basically, you guys are, are are embedding, you know, some awesome ideas into a brand new generation, which is great. And I, you know, I think you guys are gonna like. I think you guys are doing fantastic. One one thing I do want to ask, though, off topic completely, because I see the white stuff right there. It's not cocaine, just so you guys know. Okay? <laughs> Get that? As you can see, Mike's got some some uh, paint on him right there. Mike, what's this about exactly? Uh, yeah, I wanted to try to add another dimension to, you know, Nightmare because I think some people get so caught up in the mask itself that it's this is like kind of the tip of the iceberg of what's going on. And so I just wanted to add a little more part theatrics, part like, oh, okay, like confusion, you know, um, a <laughs> little distraction, you know. But uh, And I, I just – I've always been like probably when I was from like seventh grade on – I fell in love with punk rock, and I loved everything about how punks did it. Like, they, they'd paint their nails, they'd spike their hair, they'd wear shit, like, just gnarly on purpose because they want to show we are another, like, branch of existence, and, and we have a message, and you got to be super, super duper hella comfortable with who you are, and, yeah, like, in every dynamic, you know, and you and you got to show that, so... Yeah, it's kind of my boisterous way of saying, like, look, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm just gonna do something that I I have fun with, you no, know. And that's and and that's fantastic. I gotta say, we, we've had so many people try to give their opinion. We've had industry people come in and and try to conform us and put us in matching uniforms or you know black you know uniform stuff and and take our personalities away. And we always. Yeah, drop the mask, drop the, you know, we, we all are, are. This is who you are. This is who you we know? are, you, you know. You can't take that away. No, I'm a football player. I grew up playing football. I'm from Missouri, and, and he is who he is. Everyone is who they are. And every time we've tried to have some, some big wig come in and try to, you know, make us look like every other band on a festival, we that's just not us. And, you know, I'm proud of us for, stay, you know, sticking our ground on that. I really am because this band wouldn't be as powerful, I think, if, if we all looked the same. You know what I mean? Well, if he, if he didn't have his pain, if I, I don't know. That's what I think. And that, you know what? I, I actually I actually like this because everybody, you know, you guys represent what the world is like. Everybody's different. Everybody has yes. their own culture. Everybody has their own their own look about them. Everybody's an individual. Nobody is, you know, from a cookie cutter and trying to be the same. So, I mean, I like that you guys have different personalities. And I got to say this. That's what new metal is. That is what our genre is. That's what it's always been. And I think people get so caught up in... I'm not trying to go on a rant, but that's it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's about representing who you are because being Midwest boys, especially and Kev too as well, like 
we've always been with cats like this. Like, we were around when Jinko jeans and Surge soda was the shit. We were around when scrunchies and fucking shell toes were, like, <laughs> the thing. And there was no question, like. Um, so so one last thing I want to ask you guys before, because I know you guys have a lot of uh, fans out there that are waiting to, like, you know, to talk to you and stuff like that. Um, now, and I asked this question before. 2019's out of the way. After this performance tonight, after seeing the energy and feeling it, what does 2020 bring for Dirty Machine? For me, more of this, more performing, more more getting out in front of everybody, more rattling cages, and more drawing you to our house. Like that's that's what it is. And if you ain't coming to our house, we're coming to yours, and we're kicking down the front damn door. I'd like to shout out to Bria, who like gave me a new understanding of Dirty Machine. Um, it's all about what makes the machine is the fans. So that's couldn't be any more prevalent than tonight. So these shows, bro, because all the mechanics are out there. Then uh, shout out to all of them and Bria. Yep, more music, more shows. The machine, we don't stop. We keep going, just like in our lyrics. The machine gets dirtier every day. So it's never going to stop. We're going to keep doing this. I'm marked for life, so it's going down. Uh, happy birthday to Bria. Uh, <laughs> I think my, um, she's got a stepmom in Missouri. That's my mom. My mom's like officially adopted Bria, I think. Um, but uh, 2020, my, my goal is just fucking make it. Make it. Not, not, not fucking around. Um, make it. And... Make the world know who we are. I mean, I, I mean, we're not going to stop. So, I mean, if 2020 wasn't the year, then it's going to be 2021, 2020. I mean, that's, it's not going to stop. So, but uh, this year feels different. It, it felt different from the we ended the year strong and we started the year even stronger. And just make it, man. Two words. And that's and you know what? Those are the two words that we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to. Dirty Machine, thank each and every single one of you for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate Thank you, that. brother. No, hey, it's my pleasure. I will make sure that next time I will be here again to keep on following you guys, keep on watching you guys. Music videos, always bring them on to the Xander Effect because I'd love to showcase them and anything else you guys have. Thanks, you guys, for watching The Xander Effect and Dirty Machine. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much, Dirty Machine, for being on The Xander Effect. It was awesome to interview guys at the legendary Whiskey A Go Go in Hollywood. It was awesome to uh, watch your guys' performance. Epic, as always. Glad to for you guys to have been on The Xander Effect. I really hope I get to see you guys again very soon. And I look, I'm look, i looking forward to big things happening in your near future. In other entertainment news, another television series that just premiered this week is Star Trek Picard. Now, I'm, I'll be the first one in a minute. I am a Trekkie and I love Star Trek. I've always loved it ever since I was a kid. My mom got me into it. Uh, you know, the old version with uh, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, you know, Dr. McCoy, Scotty, the works. Um, so I've been watching ever since. I've watched The Next Generation. I watched, I wasn't too much into uh, Deep Space Nine, but it was all like, you know, towards the end season, it was actually pretty cool because it had a lot of action in it. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I got into all the Star Trek TV shows. So and Generations, Star Trek The Next Generation was actually one of my favorite uh, TV shows. I was kind of sorry to see it go. Uh, but it was really cool that they decided to bring back uh, kind of a little bit Star Trek The Next Generation with its main character, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. And but it's a little different. I mean, spoiler alert, I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell you what, you know, what the uh, this episode was about so if you don't want to hear it don't you know go ahead and fast forward into the next segment um basically in star trek picard how it went was that you know uh captain picard is officially now retired from the federation and a lot of the 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 reasons why he retired was actually very uh very interesting it seems that uh there was a huge catastrophic event that happened that cost the lives of so many people and uh he just decided to leave uh, Starfleet because he felt that Starfleet was no longer Starfleet. It was no longer the Starfleet that he knew. It was now more of a bureaucratic BS Starfleet that he didn't want to be a part of. That's why he went ahead and retired as an admiral uh, in in this series. And he's now on a farm in France. You know, uh, you know, the family business was always wine. So he got into the, the whole uh, winery thing. And a young woman is the one that actually um, that, that decided to go ahead and look for him. She's actually a twin. And we found out at first I thought this was his daughter. When if you check out one of my other episodes before this, I thought it was his daughter. I thought maybe the Borg had somehow gotten his uh, genes somehow and created a, a daughter boy was i completely off i mean it was a shocker to find out who this young girl actually belonged to who was the who was who who her father was turns out it was the last person you'd ever expect lieutenant commander data it was data data was the father of this young woman i couldn't believe it but apparently what happened was that after Data died or before, something like that, or before, like, the, the, Data has uh, uh, another android by the name of B4, which was his brother, which was less advanced than Data, but he still managed to transfer, Data was managed, managed to transfer a lot of his memories, positronic stuff, onto this other uh, inferior model of his, um, and apparently they were able to take some of that out and create a living being. Now, this this young girl, she is human. She actually is. She's part human, part android. Don't ask me how in the world that happens, but it was. Unfortunately, however, she, the one that was looking, the, the, the twin that was looking for Picard ended up getting killed in a battle protecting Picard and herself, and she ended up dying at the hands of the Romulans. Who knows what the Romulans have to do with this whole thing, but one thing's for sure, this series is going to get even more interesting as it goes along, because now Picard wants to know... A, why they're after this girl, B, how, why they created her, and C, he needs to find the twin sister of this girl to protect her as well. So there's, and, and the, the, the most shocking part is that the Romulans somehow, some way, got a hold of a Borg cube and they turned it into some sort of an outpost for Romulan uh, ships and activities. And it was crazy. Like I saw, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe that they turned this into an outpost. How they did that? So many questions, 
so little answers for this episode of Picard that I'm looking forward to uh, watching it as the series progresses because, trust me, there's just so many more questions to be asked. Um, the only one that, that was a guest star on this episode was Brent Spinner, who's a uh, Spiner, who's uh, who's uh, uh, role as co- uh, Commander Data. He was in this um, this entire uh, series because obviously it had to do with his daughter. Um and uh, in following episodes, we're going to see Jerry Ryan, you know, reprise her role as Seven of Nine. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have Commander Riker coming back, uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Marina Sirtis as uh, Deanna Troy, his wife. So they're going to be reprising their roles, their their roles as well. Plus, who knows how many other surprises are in store in Star Trek Picard? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. In other entertainment news, up-and-coming hip-hop artist A.B. is making a splash in the music industry. At only 18 years old, this young girl has got an incredible talent. And her music video speaks for itself. Here's the premiere of... here. Actually, I should say, here's the showcase of her music video one day. Check it out. It's A.B., baby. Charlie was addicted ever since he was a kid. Built up a lot of anger, left him in depression. Came across a girl, made a love connection. He was easily influenced on her rolling with the kid. Feel his veins are poison, now it's hard to come back. Imagine a 16-year-old that looked 30 is whack. Took a look in the mirror, he looked sick and that's a fact. Wanted a change in his life, he checked himself and what he had. But it get crazy though. Some people give it, but get caught up in a loophole. If I buy the waist, I take a hit and start losing control. Deteriorate, steady abusing with no antidote. Cause it's hard to let go. It's about the money, not the power, not the fame, it don't matter. Not the status of my fortune, they appear, it don't matter. Wanna help my community from falling in the grave. Wanna cure all depression from my mental health. If you ever need a friend, you can call on me. Ever been misunderstood just for being human being? I've been through it all, full of anxiety. Rejection by friends, have you feeling lonely? One day at a time, it's the only way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day at a time, it's the only way. Your life 
is more important than anything. So take it one day at a time. So on the Xander effect, I have the lovely AB, uh, up and coming hip hop artist. AB, how are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be on this with you. Awesome. Happy to have you here. So uh, you're right now, you're currently in Los Angeles because I've been following you. I've been stalking on Instagram pretty much. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. So, so um, you're in Los Angeles right now. What are you doing out here in LA? Yes. Well, especially right now, like I just flew in last night at like 2 a.m. So I'm super tired, but um, I'm preparing a lot, like tons of choreography sessions, tons of singing lessons like all of that stuff because i'm going on tour for two months this year wow yes that's awesome march and april i'm so excited but i'm also so nervous too really really what who are you going on tour with i'm going on tour with mod son he's super dope and we just kind of clicked and connected and then got this tour going so i'm so excited to be on tour especially with him because he's so dope and i've always loved him so much wow that's really cool well i'm really happy that you're going on tour but why are you nervous though what's what's the whole reason why you're so nervous (laughs) honestly like every time i get on stage like i just want to give my fans the best show every single time i get up there so it's like you got to top yourself every time you get on that stage you know what i mean that's so I just like I get so nervous and like I just like I hope that they love the show because I, they've been waiting for it for a long time. Well, speaking of a long time, how in the world did you get into the world of hip hop? Well, that's a great question. Like, I've always loved hip-hop and rap so much, like, ever since I was younger. That's all I'd want to listen to. That's all I really would listen to. And it just kind of evolved, and it just turned into, like, what it is today, like, my career is today. Wow. So, like, what kind of what kind of artists influenced your decision to get into hip-hop exactly? Ooh, I would say, like, I've been on Meek Mill and, like, ASAP Rocky a lot ever since I was, like, younger, too. Like, I'm only 18, so, you know, ASAP has been, like, in the game for, like, so long. So I kind of, like, grew around him, P. Diddy. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that those three have been, like, my biggest, you know, influences growing up in the industry nice any female artists at all yeah i mean i always loved nikki especially because she was dating meek mill you know when they were dating that was like power couple you know like i love them and she's just also really dope like now i love cardi too but i would say that and also iggy azalea like she was around a lot when i was growing up Wow. So at 18 years old, you, be, you yes. pretty much started uh, doing hip hop at what age exactly? Um, I mean, it's kind of just always been my secret, you know, passion. And I was had a different management at the time and they were really forcing me to do this music that 
I just really didn't feel passionate about. I just didn't really love it. But I was young in the industry, so I kind of had to listen to this, you know, people who know what they're doing, but it's never really what I wanted. So then I kind of just broke off and branched off and have been doing this as like the music that I can actually share with my fans because it's the music that I actually really want to make. Like I get in the lab and I write like, like pretty much everything or like I collaborate. Like, so it's kind of just, um, it's a really fun experience for me but before I really wasn't writing a lot of my own music I really wasn't like into my performances and everything like that so now I'm just I'm really living it you say I love you but you be going no need oh you know what I do and I need like a speedball I'm a bully I'll be on you like Debo we can make it super easy like free So I noticed in a lot of your videos, they're very, um, they're very unique. They're very colorful. They kind of have like a little bit of a Missy Elliott type of, you know, yes. wackiness to the video <laughs> and stuff like that that I've noticed. Yeah. So is that something that you're very interested in just being, uh, be being like very unique, very out there type of, you know, music type of music video? Well, I would say that my whole personality is like that. Like, it's very wacky. It's very different. Like, I just love to have fun. Like, I love to take everything, like, not so seriously. So I think that that really comes across in my videos. And, like, it really comes across to my fans because it's like just how I am it's just like my personality and then it just like kind of shines through but I love making videos um I love putting shows together I love being in the studio everything that's creative about the music industry I love doing like truly I love it I love it I noticed also that there's a there's a gentleman in the video uh that's wearing a unicorn head what, what's the whole <laughs> purpose of the guy with the unicorn uh you know what <laughs> creamy cash creamy cash creamy are you unicorns like your favorite animal or, or a mythical animal or what? Sure. I mean, I love unicorns, but you know, it was really funny because with Creamy Cash, we were all in the studio. I'll just tell you the whole story about it because Creamy Cash is like my little, you know, playful baby. Like, I just love it so much. So we were in the studio like literally the night before we shot the video because I was like, I want to do a song and I want to do the, well, we were in the studio and then I was like, we need a video like ASAP. So I called him my, like my friend, who's also my videographer. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. So we did it. So we were in the studio and they were like, Ashley, like, what do you really want in life? Like we were working on a totally different song at the time. And they were like, what do you want in life? And I was like, honestly, right now, I just want some Krispy Kreme donuts and I just want some cash. And then we made a song and then I had like the verses in my head from like the day before. So it just came together like that. And 
then, you know, the producer that was in the studio, I was like, wouldn't it be so funny to have a unicorn or like a bear in it? <laughs> and then he was just like so down and he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do it. And so we went to the mall. We got on these like things like that rode around and sat by the pool and just like and filmed it. And my dog is also in it. So, yeah, it was so much fun. Nice, nice. So obviously yeah. you like to have fun in everything that you do. Everything. I think that like life, if you're not having fun every day, at least once a day, like you're not living life to your full capacity. Like obviously you, you got to do work and like meetings and stuff like that. And sometimes that's not so fun, but you've got to have fun with life. You know what I mean? That's very true. That's, very, that's a good way to look at it. What day is it today? Monday? One of your most recent uh, singles that came out, Wednesday Thought, it's uh, produced yes. by uh, KP Did It. And yes. recorded at EMG Studios in here in Los Angeles, here in Los yeah. Angeles. Um, yeah. Basically, I, I, I read that you said one random Wednesday while I was so tired fighting a cold, it just came to me like a wave. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about how Wednesday thought came to you like a wave? I can definitely just tell you the whole story about Wednesday thought also. So I'm always sick. Like I always get sick. I think it's just because I don't really sleep that good. And you know, I just like chicken fingers way too much. and I don't eat enough salad. So I'm always sick. So I was in the studio and I was sitting in the corner. Like I was just like, Oh, I hate this cold. Like I wanted to go away and I didn't want to do anything. But then I heard this beat come on and I was like, all right, like, let me go and just like spit whatever in my mind right now. And whatever you hear, like on the track, like that little intro where I'm like, what day is it today? And I just sound like I'm not into this Wednesday. That literally was in the studio and just like happened. And then the song came out like it is. And then we shot a wild wacky video on like this green screen because there were just too many aspects that were so like weird you know and like wacky that i just felt like a green screen would be really cool to incorporate everything that's in this song so that's nice. that nice nice so yeah you used to be your 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 name is actually ashley brenton you just yeah. transitioned from ashley brenton to ab what what was the purpose what was the reasoning for that well i would say with that like Everybody calls me AB. They're like, yo, what up, AB? You know, like, all my friends, all my producer, like, all the, every, everybody who knows me just calls me AB because it's, like, my nickname, except for the fans. Like, my fans were still calling me, like, Ashley Brinton, Ashley Brinton. You know, a few of them caught on to the AB and stuff like that. But it just felt so formal. And, like, I'm not a very formal person, you know? So I was like, you don't have to call me Ashley Brinton. Like, I just wanted them to feel like they had a connection with me as if they were my friend instead of like this separated distance. Like I'm very connected with my fans. I talk to them 
every day, like through social media, through comments, through through everything. I talk to my fans every day. So I really feel like they're my friends. So I felt like they should call me my nickname like my friends do. And that's just kind of how it came together. And yeah, AB, that's me. <laughs> so obviously you love having a close connection to your fans. That is, that, that's, that's abundantly clear. How do you feel like, Basically, you know, obviously you're, you're growing as an artist and mm -hmm. the more you grow, the more fans you're going to get. Or do you think that in the future, you know, when you get like really, really big, do you think you might get a little bit overwhelmed by how many people are going to want to like stop you, talk to you? Like a lot of what these artists are saying, it's like, wow, it was cool at first, but now it's too much type of thing. I mean, do you think that that's going to, you know, you think that might affect you in some way? Do you know what, like, I can never tell the future, but, like, the way it's going now, like, it's what makes me thrive. Like, it's what keeps me going. It's what wakes me up in the morning because I want to share more with them. You know, I, I really just love talking to them because they're just, like, me, you know, because, like, I would die if, like, my favorite artist would be, like, hey, what's up, you know? So I want to be that person for them so I don't really think I could ever foresee it like bothering me just because I love it so much like I love it so much 2019 is out of the way we're in 2020 yeah. you're going on tour for two months but yeah. the question is what do you think I mean you said you can't really foresee the future but what would you want to see in your future in the next, in this 2020? I mean, you know, obviously tours coming up. Do you see more music? Do you see, I mean, you're in the entertainment capital of the world. Do you see acting in your future? I mean, what's going on with AB? You know what? Like, I just see so much music. Like, I've been in the studio creating. Like, I'm going to drop a ton of stuff for you guys this coming year. I have a huge feature coming out in March, right before I go on tour. So just like always creating music, um, acting, uh, not really, you know, <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe one day, but no, it's just all about the music for me, all about touring, all about concerts, all about all that. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, are you going to be doing any uh, live concerts here in Los Angeles anytime soon? I will be at the end of the tour. Like I'm going to post the dates to Instagram, Twitter, every outlet, my website very soon like very very soon so um, that will be up and it's like the last leg of the tour is all of california so i will definitely be doing some concerts out here and then also just like one-offs like i'm always performing out here so for sure come out hang out see me Awesome. Well, I will definitely, I would love to go ahead and interview you in person, you know, before your concert. So hopefully I get an yes. opportunity to do that. That would be amazing. Honestly, you know who to call, you know, you can just reach out. So I will definitely love to do that with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, AB, for being on the Xander Effect. Thank I you. hope and I look forward to see watching you grow. I look forward to maybe following up with you again very soon at one of your concerts Definitely. and being back on the Xander Effect very soon. Thank you so much. Mwah. Much love. Thank you. I had such a good time and I can't wait to talk to you again. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. Thanks, AB, for being on The Xander Effect. I'm looking forward to having you once again on the show in the near future. In sports, 
Football quarterback, Giants quarterback, Eli Manning has decided to retire from the sport after being in it for 16 years. The brother of uh, legendary Peyton Manning uh, decided to make the announcement this week saying that he's hanging up his cleats and saying goodbye to the sport that he loves so much. His career was amazing, however. He had 57,023 passing yards, 366 touchdowns, two Super Bowl rings, and he was named Super Bowl MVP both those times as well. Eli Manning decided to go ahead and have a press conference, and he said, I couldn't be someone other than who I am. Undoubtedly, I would have made the fans, the media, even the front office more comfortable if I was more rah-rah guy. But that's not me. Ultimately, I choose to believe that my teammates and the fans learned to appreciate that. They knew what they got was pure, unadulterated Eli. Eli, I wish you nothing but the best. You were one of the great quarterbacks in this uh, sport. And, you know, you were named, you know, Super Bowl MVP. You are one of five five players to only be named Super Bowl MVP both times that you went to the sport. So... Lots of luck to you, man. Hopefully, you know, you find, you know, more happiness in retirement than in the sport, though I doubt that. In other sports news, Lamar quarterback, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson says that he wants to be more like more like Tom Brady and more like Drew, Ble- Drew, Drew Brees. And in saying that, he basically, um, I mean, Lamar Jackson is an incredible rookie, or not rookie, I mean, He's an incredible quarterback that is uh, like he's his he's incredible like he's awesome. I I can't say much about the guy. I mean, his stats for this year alone stood at 3127 yards, 36 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and he recorded get this 1206 rushing yards. No other quarterback has been able to go ahead and top that kind of a record. I mean, this guy is on fire on the football field. It was it was incredible to watch him play. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened to him during the playoffs. I mean, honestly, he was Ravens were my pick to go on and face uh face the Chiefs, but they didn't. They dropped the ball. I mean, it was it was something that I was I was shocked about when I watched the game because I mean, Lamar Jackson tried to try to run, tried to do everything he could. He could not do anything against the Titans' defense. And the Titans, they were able to come, like, they were able to actually beat them, which was something that was, I, I just, I, I, it was mind-boggling to me. And, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it, it, it happens sometimes with these players. And unfortunately, you know, Lamar Jackson, well, I mean, fortunately for Lamar Jackson, he still is very young. He still has his career ahead of him. Maybe like like Patrick Mahomes, when he first started in the Chiefs, he made it. Uh, you know, to to you know, to the semis of the of of the playoffs, he wasn't able to go to the Super Bowl. He is now, and honestly, if Lamar Jackson continues to play the way he is playing, I can guarantee that he will probably make it to the Super Bowl next year and maybe even win. But in essence, he does want to be like like uh, Tom Brady and um and uh, and Drew Brees because he ha- he basically said that I'm trying to get deeper into the playbook. I'm trying to be on my Brady and Drew Brees stuff. I'm trying to make my mind grow a lot to help me out during the game. 
There's always room for improvement. I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest. I'm going into my third year, and I'm trying to get somewhere. Well, Lamar Jackson, to be honest with you, man, you are definitely going somewhere because the type of runnings that you did, even though, and it's funny because you always kept on saying that you didn't want to be a running back, yet you took the mantle of running back as a court. You took the mantle of both quarterback and running back every time the rush. The rushing yards don't lie. So... Man, you have a like a great future ahead of you, and I'm pretty sure we'll probably see you in the Super Bowl next year. In other sports news, yes, it is basketball season again, and the Lakers are actually doing pretty well. Their their record right now stands at 36 wins, nine losses, and so far they're on a two uh, two game winning streak after they beat the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know this week um, in uh, 120 uh, 128 to 113. Currently, the Lakers are number one in the Western Conference, which is really cool. Don't know how long that's going to last, though, because, I mean, you know, the Lakers always start off really well, although they haven't really started off really well these past couple of years, but now it seems like they're starting to find their groove. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes in the season, but this week it seems that LeBron James got roasted because of the outfit that he's wearing. Now, if you take a look at the outfit, it's very colorful is the best way I could describe it. I mean, it's got green, it's got purple, it's got blue, it's got it's got like it's like like the rainbow puked on him. It was the weirdest thing. Like I saw that and I'm like, "What? Like the, here's a guy that is a multimillionaire could afford any outfit he wants and he chooses this one." I don't understand. Uh, you know, some of these some of these basketball players they are always trying to make a statement, a fashion statement. Stop, <laughs> stop making fashion statements. I'm begging you here. Uh, go ahead, play the game. Wear something normal, for God's sake. This is this 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 colorful stuff. What the heck is this stuff? I don't personally. I don't get it. It's it's all over the place. And you know what? I can't even say that to each his own. Everybody wants to be individual. Everybody wants to stand out. But you know what? Your performances already make you stand out. This just makes you stand in a very, very different place that many people are like, what in the F is going on here? Don't know what's going on there. But, you know, as long as the Lakers are doing well, as long as they keep on pushing forward, as long as they keep on getting wins, it seems like the fans, they may make fun, but they don't care as long as the L.A. Lakers continue to win. In video game news, Madden NFL, you know, speaking of the Super Bowl, Madden NFL has come out with a new DLC, and this has to do with the Super Bowl, obviously. So it seems that uh, it's a whole new solo, uh, uh, you know, card of things of so many different solo uh, challenges that you have to do in order to receive uh, a, a, a really top card for your roster, which is really cool because, I mean, these solos, you go ahead and... You play them, you get coins, you get stars, you get a lot of different things. And plus, it helps you if you're not already at your top mutt level, it will go ahead and help you on your mutt level as well. And it's just fun to play. These, these, I love, personally, I love these solos more than I do playing head to head because, you know, it's the computer and I could go ahead and do different types of plays with the computer. Playing head to head with somebody, you tend to lose like I do a lot, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I, I, again, you know, these solos help my 
team improve. They help with these cards. If you're if you don't need the card, you could either if it's auctionable, which I doubt because usually these cards are non uh, non auctionable or tradable. So what I do is you just go ahead and you trade it in for for um, for training points, which you need for some of these training cards that for these power up cards that you have in your roster to go ahead and boost your team. So these are always very useful. These are very useful solo battles, regardless if you need the player that they give you at the end or not. It's still good for coins. It's still good for training. It might even be good for selling the player if he's sellable. In other video game news, PlayStation 5 has given us a little insight on some of the really cool uh, features that it has. And so far... Uh, which is gonna it, the, the PS5 is gonna actually be called PS5. No crazy weird name, nothing like that. It's just you know general PS5, PlayStation 5. That's all it's gonna be. And so far, it is gonna be backwards compatible. Uh, it's gonna have uh, it's gonna have an SSD storage, and it will support PSVR, PlayStation Virtual Reality. So it's gonna support that. But the thing is, there's obviously there's more to it than this. We know that it's going to be released sometime during the holidays of 2020 this year. Uh, but nobody knows the exact release date. Sony has not released that information yet. Uh, and they're probably not going to release it until it's on their time when they, when they are ready to release it. Um, and all you E3 enthusiasts that, you know, think that is going to happen like last year or like the, the time before that, when PlayStation 4 was released, PS uh, Sony has decided has opt to skipping E3 2020 this year, so they will not be there to announce anything as regarding uh, PS5. More than likely, uh, Sony will go ahead and announce it on their own terms, on their own uh, schedule. So we just have to wait and see what happens. We have to wait and see because I'm sure that there's so many more features on the PS5. These are just little things that we have gotten a chance to find out on the PS5, not everything completely. So there's still more to come. And I look forward to actually hearing the announcement plus the details on what exactly the PS5 will feature, what kind of features it will have, what kind of games it will support, the works. So I'm looking forward to that. In other video game news, Pokemon Go fans, it is the Lunar New Year. And in celebrating the new Lunar New Year, Pokemon has decided to give you guys an opportunity to catch uh, a rat, <laughs> a Pokemon rat, pretty much. But these uh, Pokemon rats, they, they added a red color to them, you know, in, in commemoration of the Lunar New Year, New Year. So go out there, go look for him. He's out there somewhere. It's going to be a really fun opportunity to go out. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, here where I'm at, it's a little, it's the weather's starting to kind of go up and down during the day. It's starting to be a little bit, you know, warm. So, you know, if, it, if the day's warm, go out. If it's winter hell, like it is in the East, I wouldn't recommend going out looking for a red rat Pokemon. Otherwise, yeah, you'll probably freeze. So it's never a good thing. That's it for the Xander effect. Thank you so much for uh, watching the brand new episode the first episode of 2020 I leave you now with Amanda Holly's Runaway we'll see you next time I, 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 yeah. No I don't be the day I, 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 yeah. You just scream
screwed up, this your chance I'm on a new wave, and need to slow it down, but pump your brakes Switching double lanes for you, I Powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., BMG, and Sony Music The Orchard. Hi guys, thanks a lot for watching this episode of The Xander Effect. Now, if you like this video or any of my other videos, here's a couple right here. See? Right here. Right here. Go ahead and click on those to view some of my past videos and make sure to subscribe because it's awesome. See you next time on the Xander Effect. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram.